Welcome to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and today my guest is Patrick, Paddy? Uh, Patrick officially, but Paddy is what I've been using for, for a while now. I just have to say, you are the fourth Patrick that I've had from Ireland on this podcast. <laughs> so my first question is, are there any other male names in Ireland? Because <laughs> I'm not meeting anymore. <laughs> yeah, when I was in school, in my class, we had six kids called Brendan in the same class. Ah. <laughs> and four called Michael. But how many Patricks? Four-ish, I think. I think that I think. they've all been on now. So you're from uh, the West Coast of Ireland, right? Uh, the southwest coast, yeah. Southwest, okay. On the on the ocean, aren't you? In the Irish Sea? More more or less on the ocean, yeah. My my parents' house is on the Shannon Estuary. The Shannon is the big river that runs down. Yeah, one kilometer walk and we're like at the shore. It's just kind of wild Atlantic shore. It's pretty nice there. Oh, that sounds very nice. So what brought you to Sweden? <laughs> I always try and have like a, an amusing answer for this because the you know what the answer is. Like, <laughs> you should say something like, I just love the darkness and cold weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've told people I've been kidnapped by pirates or I moved here to be the body double for the king. But Oh, I like that, yeah. <laughs> but it's the old story. I met a, met a girl in Dublin, 1995, Swedish girl. And yeah, then I moved here in 97. Oh, you've been here quite a while, longer than me. Yeah, yeah. I rarely meet another expat who's been here longer than me at this point, actually. <laughs> I would think so. I'm, I came in 2000, so you've, you've just beat me a little bit. You've published a few books, you're a writer, and you're also involved in the Stockholm Writers' Festival? Yeah, I'm on the board currently. I'm assuming it's cancelled this year or postponed? Yeah, yeah, we had to cancel about a month ago. It was becoming increasing. We were selling tickets and then suddenly we didn't sell any tickets for a month. And we're like, okay. I mean, clearly we knew it was going on. It's the corona. People weren't prepared to risk. And then we, our faculty started to pull out because they were worried. And so we just cancelled it. Might do some little thing in the autumn, possibly local thing for Stockholm, depending if there's any interest. But We had Catherine on who heads the... Stockholm Writers Festival last year and uh, it was really interesting to hear about and I was considering mm. going this year but that's not happening. It's so fun to just get together in a room full of people who like the same bizarre thing that you like. It's such an incredible feeling. I started going to festivals in the UK about six years ago. I used to go to York which was a big literary festival. It's a lovely town in the, the north of England. Yeah. So I went there three years in a row. That was really great. Just hang out with agents, writers, uh, publishers, watch talks and do workshops and all that kind of stuff. That was really fun. That's wonderful. So the Stockholm Writers Festival, is that all in English or is it in yeah. both Swedish yeah. and English? Okay. So, I mean, everything is done in English. The whole point is mainly for people who write in English to have like a, a festival here. There are festivals around Sweden for like Swedish writers, but since Stockholm has a big English community. When did you get started in writing? When I was 10, I think. Mm -hmm. I can't remember ever having not written. I remember I saw The Empire Strikes Back when I was when it came out in 83. No, it was 80. It came out in 80, so I would have been nine. And then I, I wrote like, <laughs> I wrote a novel, which was uh, basically a, a version of The Empire Strikes Back with different names. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you got to start somewhere. So then, since course. then, I just kept doing it. And now I do it every day, basically. so weird the i mean for me i've i left my job so i've been unemployed since i guess november 
I, was, I took a few months off and then I started looking for work and then this happened. So for me, things are kind of the same. I'm at home. But right now, there's hardly anything um, yeah. available. I keep thinking maybe I should get a job as like a food delivery person because that seems like a good career move right now. Yeah, it's kind of weird now. So what have you been doing to keep yourself occupied during this time? Have you been staying indoors? Do you go out for walks? You said you live near nature, so... Yeah, I mean, I can just leave my building and I'm in the woods. That is fantastic, so I do that. And I just slowly lose my mind in various ways. <laughs> I understand. So what about, do you still have family back in Ireland? Yeah, my parents are still around. Uh, my All my family, in fact, live within half a mile of my parents' house. Wow. So how often do you normally get back? Uh, about once a year, once or twice a year. Okay, so maybe I could ask you, how is it going in Ireland? How are they dealing with all of this coronavirus as compared to Sweden? They're on more of a kind of a lockdown situation, pretty strict at the moment. They're only allowed out to like exercise, go to the shop. And if, you, if you're going to travel more than two kilometers from your house, you need special reason to do that. How is the grocery situation? I know back in Texas, most of the vegetables are gone. Most of the meat is gone. Still problems with toilet paper and paper towels. A lot of problems with bottled water. Are they also having problems or is that just the crazy Americans? <laughs> yeah, not really. A little bit, I think. Uh, the toilet paper thing just took off like some kind of global insanity. I'm not quite sure where it came from. Well, wasn't it someone in Australia? Some newspaper printed extra pages to be used as toilet paper. It was almost a joke. And then I guess it started people thinking about toilet paper and then people started <laughs> to buy it. And when someone starts buying it, everybody has to buy it because it's running out. And then you got to buy it. And then everyone just loses their minds. Like in my, my local shop, they had the toilet paper shortage, which comes and goes. But one day I went there last week and they, they ran out of beer. They had just like the really, really light beer. And alcohol-free was all full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Regular beer was gone. And then another day they had run out of crisps or chips. Um, it's just like random things. Flour sometimes is gone. I guess the flour was people maybe wanted to bake because now they could bake. But there is bread and there is freezers. So I know. Yeah, that's a great thing. Do you know I didn't understand until like two years ago that you can freeze your bread with no problem, especially the sliced yeah. toast and then you can just pop it right in the yeah uh, yeah i did right that all the the time. fantastic you can do that with milk you can uh, pour milk into the ice tray tubes or ice tray thing really and then you have like milk cubes so you can just pop it in your coffee i didn't know that that is really handy because you know milk goes off pretty fast sometimes so. yeah of course oh that's good to know now that well the the kids have still been going to school but they're off right now for easter break for a week mm. and just the amount of milk that we're drinking around here <laughs> we're having to buy two new things of milk like every day because my husband's also working from home and so he has to have his lattes all the time yeah even like for a person by themselves i mean i'd go through milk fast because when you work you you have all your coffee drinking at work and you use their milk and then you might have like one at all yep oh i have to say i don't know if it's true but uh my husband said this morning that there could be a coffee shortage soon and i think if yeah. we if we have a shortage of coffee in this country, that's when everybody goes crazy. <laughs> I really can't see what's going to happen then. <laughs> but good news. I did find some good news today. System Belaget has gone back to normal opening hours. So you can oh, get your gosh. liquor at all the regular hours. <laughs> so they were doing limited time from like yeah. noon until whatever closing is, 6 o'clock. And now they're back to 10 to 6 o'clock. This is uh, very important for these times. 
I think. However, with it being Easter, I do have to warn everybody that it's um, not open on Friday, Sunday, mm. and Monday coming up. So that's good to know. In fact, stock up because if you go on Saturday, I think it's going to be completely insane because yeah. <laughs> it's the one yeah. day for everybody who forgot to stock up. That is a bit strange, actually, considering the overcrowding issues. They should open it a bit more, you would think, over Easter. <laughs> At least Friday. In in Ireland, in it changed X number of years ago, 10, let's say 10 years ago, that the pubs were closed on Good Friday. Okay, so but it, it changed so that they are closed or that they're not. I think they've changed it so that they're open now. I think. I'm not sure. But there is a, it's always a very fun game on Good Friday to go into the webcam at Temple Bar in Dublin, which is like the big tourist area, mm-hmm. and just watch tourists walking up to pubs and just not knowing <laughs> what to do. <laughs> But speaking of celebrations, as this is Easter, how do you celebrate in Ireland? What is the general... um, Okay, so like we start, I think most people start Thursday, and we start with witches on Thursday. So the kids dress up as witches and come around. I know you know this, I'm just explaining it for the listeners. So in Sweden on Thursday, it's the kids dress up as witches and trick-or-treat for candy. Always confusing. Friday, everyone has off work, basically, but Mm. I don't know if anyone does anything. And then on uh, Saturday, because it's an eve, and the Swedes always celebrate on eves, a lot of people celebrate Easter on the Saturday instead of the Sunday. And then, of course, we also get Easter Monday off. So compared to Ireland, what are the differences in celebration? Well, first of all, it's, I mean, this, this information is 25 years old because I've not lived there in almost 25 years. Still, <laughs> I understand. Just so you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of church stuff. You would have Ash Wednesday. You would go and get the ash on your forehead. Good Friday. I actually prefer the Swedish name Long Friday because in Ireland it is a very long day. <laughs> like yes. It's closed. Exactly. And isn't it that you really weren't supposed to do anything fun yeah. on? I don't know if that's more old fashioned, but I, I think it was that, you know, you're not really supposed to go play with your friends if you're a kid and you're not supposed no, Jesus, to do. Jesus died. So you got to show respect and you got to just keep it, you know, very low key. Yeah. Uh, one thing that was the trains in Ireland would serve alcohol. So if you could take a train trip. So people took train trips on Good Friday just so they could get to a bar. <laughs> that's a uh, clever thinking. Here they would probably go on a ferry or something. Oh, definitely. But, um, tradition-wise, a lot of church, and then on Sunday you would get like some chocolate eggs, and you would eat those and feel bad. So where do the eggs come from? The shop. <laughs> <laughs> what this? Is there an if, Easter bunny or chicken or? My family didn't really do that. I'm not sure if other families did. Basically, have you seen English or Irish chocolate eggs? It's like the egg is not like a cardboard egg in Sweden. It's the same size, but it's made entirely of chocolate. Is it hollow inside or? Yeah, it's a chocolate shell and inside there might be some like other candy or some Mars. It's like a Swedish egg, but where the whole thing is chocolate. That sounds so good. Yeah, and in Sweden, just for people outside, they hide these um, cardboard eggs filled with candy and the old tradition is that you're supposed to leave clues, like a scavenger hunt, around the house. So you wake up with a clue under your pillow, and then you go around the house trying to find your paper egg that's full of candy. And then in the States, of course, we have the Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny is a lot like Santa Claus, and that you go to sleep and you wake up and the Easter Bunny has come, and you you leave out like an empty Easter basket, 
and it gets full of eggs I mean, and we'd, candy. We'd, we'd heard of the Easter Bunny. We were aware of the character called the Easter Bunny, but it never seemed to have much of a role in our lives. It's like the eggs from parents and relatives and you eat the eggs. And also because Lent, you had just been through Lent, which was 40 days before Easter, which we took a bit seriously, at least when I was younger. And you would give up often candy. And then on Easter Sunday would be like me, you could have all the candy. <laughs> That's pretty nice. I was thinking, I don't know if I said it last time, but it kind of feels like everybody had to give up stuff for Lent this year <laughs> since we can't yeah. go outside <laughs> and can't travel. Is there anything you wanted to talk about with like culture shock coming to Sweden? It's hard to remember. It's been so long now, but I guess after about probably about eight years that you start to go back home and then you start to when you're home you feel mm, I want to go back home to Sweden now the, the time that that takes is shorter every time so now like two days in Ireland I'm like I want to go home to Sweden <laughs> <laughs> I understand it's it's the same for me I want to go sleep in my own bed and I miss the air and yeah. I miss the clean water <laughs> yeah the water I mean Dublin most of Ireland I think has water that I think they have fluorine in the water plus it can vary in taste I mean, the Swedish top water is amazing. Stockholm top water. It's so good. Yeah, it's. I think we're so lucky. Almost everywhere else I go, you've got to buy bottled water. I drink so much water just because I live here. I don't think I ever drank this much water before I moved to Sweden. So I, think, I think my biggest culture shock was uh, the traditions, which were great, I thought, because people really took traditions seriously. Like Christmas, you do all these things, and Easter, you, you do all these things. And we had those, but not at all as many or... The, the Donald Duck cartoon tradition. I couldn't believe it when someone explained that to me. <laughs> yeah. It's the same one. It's the same one every year. Yeah. There's such odd traditions, at least when you come from outside of Sweden. Again, like Easter having witches. and But they really do follow these things. And I, I do like it a lot. I've always said yeah. that Christmas feels more like Christmas in Sweden. You watch Donald Duck at this time. You open the presents at that time. You do the porridge thing and the special food. And mm. I just think it's so nice. Yeah, this year for Easter, I think we normally eat lamb in Sweden yeah. at, at Easter. And I always have trouble remembering the rest of the meal because I get it confused with Christmas. <laughs> what do you like, eat for Easter? I think lamb is pretty common. I mean, my parents, they were farmers and they're like, the food was pretty traditional farming food. It was like potatoes, it was meat, it was two veg. I mean, I didn't see a pepper, like a red pepper, literally until I was 16. <laughs> I had pasta when I was 18. I still remember the first pasta I had. Pasta wasn't a thing you had. We had potatoes, we had Rice, you would have rice as a dessert, but never as like a main course. Okay, how is rice a dessert? What do you do it's, it's with like it? It's like the Swedish Christmas rice pudding. You, you boil the rice with milk and sugar and maybe some kind of flavor. It's kind of like a sweet rice. Okay, well, that makes sense then. Because I'm just picturing dry white rice. <laughs> so yeah, rice pudding. What are your plans this year for Easter? Are you doing anything or doing an online thing? Or... I don't know, actually. Um, there's a few things I could be doing. I'm... We bought, uh, I bought a summer house a few months ago together with somebody else. My partner's sister, because she was really into getting a summer house. So we bought this together. So we're going to share it with the family. So going out there would be nice because it's like planting season. And uh, one of my ways of going insane the last few weeks was to plant lots and lots of seeds indoors. To have like rhubarb and some things. I just want to get out there and just, we, the house is like 10,000 square meters. It's like two acres of land. We have a lot of growing possibilities. That's wonderful. So you just bought this recently? Uh, yeah, October. Wow. Okay. So this will be like the first season you really get to experience the summer house as it should be. 
Yeah, so we were there a few times, um, November a couple of times and January, um, but it was it was pretty cold. Yeah, I would imagine. But, uh, <laughs> but we have uh, there's a fire and five blankets on the bed and we slept fully clothed, so it worked. But it's, <laughs> it's not a house that's like insulated for all round use, all year use, just for winter, for summer. My biggest question when somebody has a summer house is, do you have a bathroom? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is no running water in the house at all. There's a well outside. Uh, there's an outside toilet. Uh, we're considering getting like uh, some kind of composting toilet to put indoors. This is why I don't spend the night at people's summer houses. <laughs> it's however, my one thing. However, we do know the people who live across the street in a proper house. <laughs> you can like pay them a fee just to go and use their toilets. <laughs> yeah, we do over there. Actually. <laughs> oh, yes. More good news because I think we need more good news. good news okay yes the winter vomit disease season has ended early yay oh. <laughs> that is good because i got that last year i thought i was immune for a very long time i never got it my kid got it people around me got it i never got it last year i got it and I, it just killed me it was like four days i'd never felt so bad is that the first time in all this time that you ever got it i think i may have got it a little bit one other time but it was just like maybe a few hours of puking and she was fine oh because i'm like you i think i've gotten a mild case once in all the mm. 20 years i've been here so i keep thinking i'm immune to the point that i want to put it on job resumes like i don't get that <laughs> <laughs> hire me i'll be there <laughs> They're saying just because everybody's actually been very careful about washing their hands and staying away, that oh. for once, <laughs> it's ended way earlier than normal. So that's really good to hear. <laughs> Let's see, that in the system blog, it, those were my... Um, those are my two bits of good news and <laughs> that it's hopefully getting warmer. And then uh, I was really trying for things to do while you're stuck inside that are unique oh, yeah. to Sweden or Stockholm. Really, the only thing I found that was interesting was that you can go to the uh, Technical Museum's website, Techniska Museet, and they yeah. have robot yoga. So you can do yoga with a robot. Oh. Oh. It wasn't necessarily good. It was interesting. That's my my one tip. I have no other tips than try to order some takeout or something in your neighborhood to keep these restaurants in business. And there's, yeah, there's a little tiny Indian restaurant close to where I live, like just a little tiny one. So we try and go there occasionally and keep their doors open. But yeah, what have I been doing indoors? I've just been I've been planting things, writing. I have several projects I'm actually working on, which I feel kind of proud of, that I'm actually doing something. Just to be able to make yourself do the projects and not get lazy and spend all day watching Tiger King. <laughs> I, I watched the first episode of Tiger King, and I'm like, these people are just completely mad. Yep. I heard that Net Netflix were completely surprised that thing was a hit. They had no idea that was going to be popular. I'm like, what? You like that one? I wonder what it is. I keep thinking, okay, great coincidence that it started right when everybody kind of got locked down in their homes. And second, I think we are all feeling so horrible and so miserable about our own situations that everybody's enjoying looking at people with way worse lives and situations. Yeah, I guess it's just it. something to talk about that is not virus or political related. That's yeah, my theory, definitely. at least. Oh, a fun thing happened yesterday. I was um the garbage room in my building, like uh, it's a rental, so there's like a room where you put your garbage and yeah, and recyclables uh, and yeah. Yeah, 
and I, I just keep saving the most amazing furniture and clothes and like people throw away such good stuff. I know. I like have a room full of just things I found there. And like yesterday I went in and someone had thrown out one of those little black metal boxes that you like you put money in at like a fair or something because it didn't have a key. And you picked it up and you could hear like it was full of money. <laughs> so I took it indoors and I have like, um, I've learned, it's not very hard, but I learned how to pick locks. It's just, you just buy the tools and just like watch your YouTube videos. It's not very difficult. So um, I opened the thing. It took like five seconds. It was a terribly bad lock. And it was, had cash. It was like, had coins. A lot of the coins were old, but there was like some, like 250 Swedish crowns, like $40. Wow. Plus a lot of old coins that they, they had gone out. So they weren't really any use to anybody. Right. But collectible. I actually saw your Facebook post, and uh, is it true that there was something even more valuable in that box? (laughs) (laughs) That is is both true and not true in that I found uh, the the, the Facebook post was just a quick film of me opening that box, digging into the cash, and then taking out a bottle of hand sanitizer that had been hidden at the bottom. It's (laughs) true in that I found the hand sanitizer at the same time as I found the box, but not in the box. That was pretty funny, though. (laughs) Treasure! Meant to be opened in 2020. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, that's another thing I don't think we've talked about on the podcast is the trash rooms. I love the trash rooms. Well, we now uh, at the apartment I'm in, we have a large trash room and everybody kind of knows like if it's decent stuff that you don't want anymore. It's kind of a little shelf to the right and a little alcove. So if you have Mm. like good furniture or books or something, you put it there and the rest of it is recyclables, but also like bottles. So it doesn't smell so good in there. But the last apartment we lived in had separate rooms for that. So they had a separate one where you would recycle your glass bottles and things like that. And then another room that was strictly for just stuff you didn't want anymore, but it was still good. I got two Versace skirts from there. There was ski equipment, uh, furniture. That was like the best thing ever, like going to a thrift shop and not having to pay for anything. <laughs> I, like, I get so much stuff there. I was like, I, I more or less stopped buying clothes a year ago because I figured having clothes, you know, environmental impact, whatever. So now I just got a, I have a sewing machine, which I found in the trash room. So I use that and I repair clothes I get from there and wash them or whatever. And now I have more clothes than ever. Plus That's excellent. Tools. I'm looking at the stuff now in, in, in this room. Like 60s furniture, um, books. So many books. I don't even take the books anymore. There are too many books. Just so many things. It's like a Aladdin's cave every time. Just new random things. In my previous building, I lived in Hammerby Well Store, which is like a more kind of kind of slightly more upper class area of Stockholm. Fancier apartments, fancier people. There was just incredible. I got a bike. Uh, it was like the the back lock was locked. So maybe they'd lost the key. So they threw the entire bike out. So the bike still works like eight years later. That's amazing. Um, and sometimes on a Sunday, people would like turn up and just like load in banana box after banana box full of things, which quite often was like, you could see it was like something from a dead parent's house or something. Right. Just like old things. And one week, someone turned up with 10 banana boxes full of ceramic frogs. Of course. Collected ceramic frogs, and this person said, I just throw them all out. But I I think that uh, right now is actually a very good time if you live in an apartment to go check your trash room in Sweden because everyone is so bored that a lot of people are doing spring cleaning and just cleaning out their houses. So ours had a ton of furniture last week. Oh, you're right. I guess that explains the the money box and all the other weird stuff that turned up the last few days. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm doing the same thing. I'm I'm cleaning out room by room. It's just it's something to do, and you feel like you're getting ready for spring. And God, so. I got to get down there more often now. I know. I <laughs> well, thank you so much for meeting with me online. <laughs> Sure, it was interesting. <laughs> yes, I uh, I hope the sound quality is good. It's always so difficult when it's over computer, but I don't have much of a choice anymore because nobody really wants to meet up anywhere. Yeah, this, this is the new normal. All the podcasts I listen to, which is amazing, like uh, super big podcasts like Reply All and, and all these mm -hmm. people, they're all doing this. They're all like just sitting at home and talking to people over Skype. And it's fantastic. I know, it's wonderful. And some of them I'm very jealous of because they have very good equipment where if they didn't say that, I wouldn't be able to tell. But I do love hearing that people on really big podcasts are sitting in their closets recording everything, <laughs> which is exactly what I'm doing right now. Anyway, uh, thank you so much and happy Easter. I hope you get a chocolate egg or yeah, at least hopefully. a chocolate bunny. They're hollow too. So <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, thank you for being on. Easter!